Hey listeners, are you a part of my free Everyday Style Lounge Facebook group yet? If not, you're missing out on my annual 12 days of holiday giveaways. And this year we're giving away over $2,000 worth of jewelry, makeup, skincare, gift cards, clothes, home decorating courses, and more. The ladies in the Style Lounge love these 12 days, and so do I, and I want you to share in the fun too. Simply search Everyday Style Lounge on Facebook or head to the show notes for a link. But hurry, the giveaways end December 13th. Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe style can be easy, getting dressed should be fun, and you can ditch your closet full of nothing to wear for an effortless wardrobe you truly love. I'm your host, Jennifer Mackey Mary, and today we're talking about how to look expensive. My original idea was to talk about how to look expensive on a budget, but over the years, I've seen some women who spent very little on their wardrobes, and they look like a million bucks, and I've also seen some women spend a lot on clothes, but their wardrobes don't really show that. So the tricks and tips I'm going to share with you today can apply if you are shopping at Target or Neiman Marcus. These tips apply to everybody, every budget, every single woman out there. Also today, we're going to be talking about a somewhat confusing word in our vocabulary lesson, and I'm sharing the quote that guides my entire business and philosophy. Let's check your homework from the last episode, though. Your homework from episode 20 was to go through your closet and find an outfit or two that feels special for the holidays without using a red top. Did you do it? If so, tell us about it in the Style Lounge and post a picture if you've got one. If you didn't, no big deal, there's still time, but you're going to want to get on that so you're not scrambling at the last minute. All right, let's kick things off as we always do with lessons from Linda. Today's Linda shares the story of one of my all-time favorite clients. There are a few people I've been able to, I've been lucky enough to work with for years, and it's so fun for me to see how their style has changed and evolved over time. And this Linda, this was the first time she called me and she wanted to make outfits. Her pre-service questionnaire said that she was tired of just wearing clothes and she really wanted outfits. I knew exactly what she meant. There's a difference between just putting on some clothes that match and feeling like, well, I'm not naked, good enough, and putting on pieces that work together to create something interesting and stylish and finished. That's what she meant by outfits. So when I got there, Linda told me she did not want to try on anything. She was just eager to get to the part of the session where we made the outfits. But I always need to see what we're working with, what fits, what flatters, what we're missing, et cetera, et cetera. So I made her try on everything, just like I do all my clients, whether they want to or not. And I started to get a little bit worried. Linda had a job where she wore uniforms, so her off-duty wardrobe was pretty limited, which is to be expected, and it was also super casual, which, given that she had small kids, also to be expected. She had a bunch of jeans, but they were all super basic, and they were all really similar in color and in style. I think they were like just dark skinnies. She had a few t-shirts, all solid, all crew neck, all short sleeves. She had some sweatshirts. And she had the same boyfriend cardigan in a bunch of colors. She also had a few dressier pieces, a couple pairs of black pants, a couple dresses. You know, you get the idea, but that's not really what we were working with. We got everything tried on, weeded out what didn't work, and then her eyes were like a kid at Christmas. And she said, is it time to make outfits yet? And I felt like a total Grinch when I said, there's nothing here to make outfits with. 
She was super let down and I felt terrible. But I said, look, you already know which t-shirts go with which cardigans, right? And she's, yeah. And I said, beyond that, there isn't anything to mix and match. I mean, there was, she had clothes, but they were all the same styles. So when she tried to change it up, she always looked the same. She couldn't create a different look by throwing on a button up shirt under a cardigan instead of a t-shirt or swapping out her jeans for some ponty pants, or even changing up the wash or the silhouette of the jeans for something distressed or ankle length or boot cut. I saw the light bulb kind of go off for her, and she felt realized why she felt like she was just wearing clothes and why she couldn't make outfits. Luckily, we had a shopping trip planned later in the week, so we were able to add in the pieces she needed to to be able to create those different looks that she wanted, and she finally had the mix-and-match wardrobe she always wanted, and she was able to make actual outfits. There are two lessons I'd like you to take away from my time with this, Linda. First, it's super easy to get into a style rut where all your stuff looks the same. We tend to gravitate toward the same styles over and over, and buying the same item in multiple colors is an express lane to a style rut. I know I've talked about this before, but I've seen it in a lot of closets where women have clothes, but no matter what they wear, they feel like they look the same. The reason for that is you do look the same. Wearing a crew neck white tee under a navy cardigan looks pretty much the same as wearing a crew neck ivory tee under a black cardigan. If there's something that you gravitate toward, duplicate the category, not the item. For example, Linda liked wearing jeans when she wasn't in her uniforms, but all of her jeans were dark wash skinnies. That's duplicating the item. Duplicate the category instead by having medium wash boyfriend fits or dark straight legs distressed skinnies. You'll still have a look that feels authentic to you, but also like it has some variety. The second lesson is this. If you want a mix and match wardrobe, you have to have pieces that can be mixed and matched. I have seen this in countless closets. My Lindas want to create outfits, but they don't have the right pieces to do that. They don't have striped tees as well as solids, button-down shirts that can be layered under sweaters or worn open over a tee, pants in colors or patterns that change the focus of the outfit from the top to the bottom. That's what a mix and match wardrobe is. Not to be a commercial for the capsule guides, you know that that's coming later, but this is why we can take 34 pieces and turn them into well over 150 outfits. If you tried to do that with the same number of pieces from this Linda's closet, first, you'd never ever get there, and second, you'd be wearing either a cardigan and t-shirt with dark wash skinnies or a sweatshirt with dark wash skinnies. To get variety out of your wardrobe, you have to put variety into your wardrobe. All right, let's move on to word of the week. This week's vocabulary word is wrap, W-R-A-P. Last week, when I put out the gift guide episode, a friend messaged me and said, I love the idea of a wrap, but when I search for them, I just end up with scarves. And yes, I feel your pain. The challenge with searching for these items is that there are a lot of words for them, most of which aren't used consistently or correctly, which makes finding them really, really difficult. When I gave that advice on the gift guide episode, what I was talking about was a cozy, unstructured item bigger than a scarf and heavier than those pajaminas we used to wear. Remember, we put them over all of our dresses. Heavier than that, warmer than that, and bigger than a scarf that you would tie around your neck to either stay warm in a coat or just as part of your outfit. 
And so there are a few words to search when you're looking for these items, and I'm going to share them with you. First of all, wrap is a general term that describes any loose or unstructured outerwear piece. A lot of places don't call them wraps. Some places do. It's a good search term. First of all, they can be called shawls, which is a rectangle, square, or triangular item that can be draped over the shoulders. That's the dictionary definition. This is kind of a catch-all term, which could be super useful, but a lot of retailers don't use the word shawl as much anymore, but it's still a good search term to throw into Google if you're looking for these. Next up is a poncho, which is technically a solid square of fabric. Imagine just a big square with a single slit right in the middle for your head to go through. However, when I did a search for shawl a few minutes ago, three of the top results were actually called ponchos, but they were not a solid piece of fabric. They were cut from neckline to hem, exposing the layer beneath. So you can see why this gets a little bit challenging. This item, that's basically a poncho with a vertical cut, creating an open front, is called a ruana. That is spelled R-U-A-N-A, ruana. This is probably the closest thing to what we're actually talking about with a wrap, but again, a lot of stores don't use the word ruana. When you put a ruana over your shoulders and extend your arms out straight, the fabric should just hang and not be tacked in any way underneath to create sleeves. But sometimes you'll see what looks as a ruana labeled as a kimono. And that usually means there's some kind of armhole or sleeve created in the item. It doesn't have to be tight. It could just be like a single tack, but there is an armhole. You might also see these items described as capes. I wouldn't get so caught up in what the item is called. And there's no better style you know, one versus another. It's really just what you like best. But this at least gives you a whole bunch of search terms if you're if you're looking for what I consider to be a fabulous gift for yourself or a stylish woman you love. And as always, I have got lots of examples for everything we talk about today in our show notes. All right, let's head over to philosophy. I honestly can't believe I haven't talked about this quote before because it is so, so, so important to me. But I looked over all the episodes and I haven't done this one in philosophy before, so we're going to talk about it today. But if you followed me for more than a hot minute, I know you've heard it probably a hundred times. Today's quote comes from former Vogue editor, Diana Vreeland, who said, it's not about the dress, it's about the life you live in the dress. I could not agree with this quote more. The clothes mean absolutely nothing. It's where you go and who you're with and what you do in those clothes that matter. But here's what I'd like to add. When you don't have the clothes to live the life you want to live, it does become about the clothes. I shared the story of my Linda who didn't want the fabulous trip to New York because she didn't have anything to wear. I've worked with women who skip date nights and dinners out with friends because they don't have the clothes for the life they really want to live. You know I say your closet should dress you for 95% of your life without crying or emergency shopping, and this is why. When you don't have the dress or the clothes to go the places you want to go or do the things you want to do and feel confident about yourself, it is about the clothes. Take the time to put the things in your closet that would allow you to be the person you want to be, doing the things that you want to do without your wardrobe holding you back. 
If it's just one go-to dress you can wear anywhere or a pretty top that would make you feel like going out, put those things in your closet so it can stop being about the dress and start being about the life you live in the dress. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about the things you can do, no matter how much you spend, to make your wardrobe look more expensive. The Winter Capsule Guide is here, and hundreds of women are already loving the way they look this season. Just like always, this capsule guide shows you how to use 34 pieces to create well over 150 outfit combinations that get you dressed for everything from holiday parties to running errands in January. We give you shopping links so you know exactly where to buy each piece and over 20 pages of outfit ideas. We show you exactly what to wear with what so you aren't left wondering, do these really go together? The capsule wardrobe guides are your foolproof plan to looking fabulous all winter long. Plus, I've got a special bonus for subscribers who sign up for the entire year. You're getting the mini winter athleisure guide, which shows you how to combine 21 stylish athleisure pieces to make over 60 comfortable, casual outfits. There isn't a button or zipper on any of these pants. So if you are a stay-at-home mom or you're just someone who puts comfort first, you're going to want this bonus guide. But hurry, the winter guide and the bonus athleisure guide both go away when 2019 says goodbye. Head over to my website at youreverydaystyle.com to get your guides now. And don't forget to use code SAVE15 to take $15 off of your first capsule guide purchase. Capsule guides make great gifts too. Gift cards are now available on my website and make gift giving so much easier. And now back to the show. Okay, ladies, are you ready to look like a million bucks? At the top of the show, I said this isn't about spending a ton of money on your clothes or how to look expensive on a budget. This is about your wardrobe looking expensive regardless of how much you paid. While yes, it is easier to look like a million bucks if you're buying the high-end stuff, that's not always a guarantee. If you're investing in your wardrobe, you want your clothes to look like it. And if you're building a wardrobe on the cheap, these tips will help you avoid looking cheap. I do want to say that this isn't about dressing up. You don't have to be in a sheath dress and heels or in a suit to look expensive. These are tips you can apply to jeans and t-shirts. It's funny. I always do a little bit of research and I come up with what I want to say. And then I go to the internet and see what everybody else is saying. And there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of bad advice out there. Um, one site recommended if you wanted to look expensive, flash a wad of money, which that's not what you're going to hear in this episode. I just have five easy tips for you. No matter what your style is, no matter what your budget is, no matter what your body is to help you look more expensive. So let's dig in. First of all, and this one is so important and someday I'm going to do an entire episode about this. Take care of the things you already have. I don't care how much money you spend on your clothes, they're bound to get worn over time. And as a matter of fact, you've probably noticed that quality of clothes has been slipping through the years. This means that we need to spend more effort on taking care of the things we have. Unfortunately, though, this seems like a lost art. I remember my dad shining his shoes every Sunday night. I remember when I was in the working world, I had like little shoe shine blocks. You know, I had one at my desk. I had one at home. I was always making sure everything was polished. These are things we don't seem to do anymore, but they go a long way in helping your wardrobe look expensive. 
When your clothes get faded or lose their shape or they have those pills or tiny holes, no matter how much you've spent, they look shabby. And while shabby chic home decor can look super expensive, shabby chic clothing is not a thing. It is just shabby. Take care of the things you have by laundering them as gently as possible, treating stains, and saying goodbye when those tiny holes appear. I know it's hard to part with your favorite t-shirts. I get it but they don't look expensive when they're super duper holy. One thing that can make your clothes look instantly shabby is pilled fabric. You guys know what pills are, right? That's little fuzz balls of lint and clothing fiber and all that kind of stuff. Those make everything look shabby in a heartbeat. I recommend having a sweater shaver for heavier knits. I use a battery operated one and then a fabric comb for lighter knits. Again, this has a lot to do with the fabric blends that we're using today. Even cotton t-shirts get pilled a lot more than they used to. Every single woman should own a sweater shaver shaver, and a fabric cone. Cotton tends to break down really quickly, especially again, today's fabric. And you would be shocked at what a difference removing those little pills can make. Also keep a lint roller handy. A quick swipe can make you appear instantly more polished and therefore instantly more expensive. Take care of your shoes by waterproofing, spot cleaning, and polishing them when they need it. Take care of your handbags by doing the same thing and stuffing them with newspaper when they're not in use and never, ever, ever hanging them by the handles to store. That puts a lot of pressure. It wears down the seams by the buckles and the handles, and they get misshapen very, very easily. Finally, invest in a steamer. Wrinkles don't look expensive and nobody's got time to iron or get out the ironing board. A small steamer is so quick and easy and it can give you quick touch-ups that make everything look more put together and more expensive. My second tip is pay attention to the fit. I know I sound like a broken record, but so much hinges on fit. It is impossible to look expensive in ill-fitting clothes. And yes, I know oversized silhouettes are big right now, no pun intended, but there's a difference between garments that are meant to be oversized and those that are just too big. If you don't know how clothes are supposed to fit, and lots of women don't, I recommend going back and listening to my episodes on the basics of proper fit. It's episode 10, and I guarantee you will learn a lot. If you really want an expensive looking wardrobe, find a tailor you love and visit him or her regularly. Nothing looks more expensive than a wardrobe that looks like it was custom made for you. And the only way to get that look in an off the rack world is to have things tailored to fit your body. I get asked a lot, is it worth it to tailor fill in the item? And that's a question only you can answer. My best advice is to take it to the tailor and ask how much they would charge. Then decide if you love the item enough to invest a little bit more. If you're on a quest to only put items into your wardrobe that you love, and you should be on on that quest, by the way, my advice is that if you love it enough to buy it, you should love it enough to tailor it. And one last thing I want to say about this. Please don't think tailoring is just for expensive items. I hear this all the time. Oh, it wasn't expensive enough to tailor it. Oh, I won't bother. I once found an ivory layering tee at Old Navy long sleeve for $7, seven bucks on the clearance rack. It was perfect in every way. It was the right color. It was a good fabric. It was a perfect neckline. It laid nicely under jackets and sweaters, but the sleeves were way too long. 
I knew if I left them like that, they just look floppy and sloppy and I would never wear this top. I spent more to shorten the sleeves than I did on the entire top, but I wore that thing for years. I took good care of it, but it was still old navy and it, it gave up after a while. But I never regretted spending the money to create something that was absolutely perfect for me. Okay, third tip, wear the right colors. Knowing which colors are best for you and focusing on those shades goes a long, long way. But some colors just look inherently richer than others. Head-to-toe neutrals look incredibly luxe. By the way, that doesn't mean you have to wear the same color. One of my favorite pairings that I think looks so expensive is gray and camel. So you can mix up your neutrals, but neutrals always look luxe. So do saturated colors, regardless of how light or dark they are. However, colors that are washed out, earthy, faded, or heathered will make your outfit appear cheaper. The best way I can describe those colors is things you would find at L.L. Bean. I'm sorry, L.L. Bean. In fact, I went to their website as I was putting this show together and I clicked on women's apparel and the entire first page was washed out, earthly, earthy, faded, heathered colors. So again, my apologies to L.L. Bean, makers of awesome boots and other things. But if you want an example of colors that are going to make your wardrobe look cheaper, head over there. I'm sorry, L.L. Bean. I truly am. All right. Do you want to look more expensive in your outerwear? Choose a coat that is close to your hair color. I know it sounds weird, but this works every time. So as a blonde, my best outerwear, the one that's going to look the most expensive, is an ivory or camel. If you have very, very dark brown hair really, really dark brown or black would look wonderful on you. Also not related to color, but the longer the coat is, the more expensive it looks. So if you want a very expensive looking coat, choose one that is long and close to your hair color. All right. Tip number four, trade slouchy for structured. Items with more structure simply look more expensive. This is especially true with handbags. If you are going with a budget-friendly bag, look for one with a little bit more structure. It will add instant polish to your entire look. The same does hold true for clothing, though. And while you may not want to ditch your slouchy tees for structured blouses on a daily basis, it's something to keep in mind. Also, think about skirts. A structured pencil skirt is always going to look more expensive than, say, a flowy midi or maxi skirt. Again, just something to keep in mind. This season, knee-high boots with heels are the, the big look, and we're seeing both slouchy and sleek styles. A lot will depend on your personal aesthetic, but the sleeker versions are just going to look more expensive. So if that's something that is important to you, I would go with a non-slouch version. Finally, tip number five, the devil is in the details. It's the little things we don't think about that often determine how expensive or how not expensive an item looks. Things like hardware on your handbags. Hardware on your handbags, your shoes, your belts can make or break an item. You should look for hardware that is substantial but minimal. So rather than, you know, a tiny little um, clasp, look for a bigger one, but not a ton of big clasps. Does that make sense? Also, watch the shine. Bags that have a lot of extra buckles, extra grommets, zippers, or chain links, especially if they're super shiny or lightweight and cheap looking, are going to look less expensive. Again, if you're going for a wardrobe that looks like you paid more for it than, it re than you really did, 
Skip the extra hardware on all of your accessories. Look for pieces with simple, not too shiny hardware that look like it has some weight to it. Another detail is buttons. An easy, inexpensive way to make an item look more luxe is upgrading the buttons from the cheap looking plastic ones to metal, bone, tortoiseshell, or even more substantial looking plastic. This is a great way to get a custom look too. If you cannot replace buttons on your own, rumor has it that dry cleaners or tailors will do it for a few dollars. I have not ever done that. I just do it myself. But if you cannot sew on a button, that's okay too. Another detail that matters is your personal grooming. Little things like chip nail polish and chap lips are easy things to fix and make a big impact on your look. There are a ton of other little things you can do to look expensive, and the internet will tell you all about them, including like flashing a wad of cash or um, only wearing pointy-toed shoes. But if you just focus on these big five, I guarantee you will look like a million bucks. That's all I have for you this week. Your homework this week, if you should choose to accept it, is to pick one of these five things to focus on. If you've been neglecting clothing care, start there. Get a sweater shaver and or fabric comb and go to town on those pilled fabrics. If you're not sure if, if your fit is on point, start there. Listen to episode 10 on how your clothes should fit and start to look at the things you're wearing to see if they actually do fit you properly. If you want to get use color, give yourself a day or two this week of nothing but neutrals and see how you feel. Do just one thing this week to make your wardrobe look more expensive and then come over to the Everyday Style Lounge and tell us what you did and how you felt about it. That's all I've got for you today. Have a wonderful day. Next time we are together, I'm going to be talking about things you should leave behind in 2019. I'm looking forward to it. See you soon. Class is dismissed for today, but the conversation doesn't have to end here. Head over to youreverydaystyle.com for show notes, freebies, and a link to join my free Facebook community, The Everyday Style Lounge. And if the Everyday Style School podcast is helping you love getting dressed again, it would make my day if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it with your friends so women everywhere can have more fun with style. Thanks, style sister. I'll see you next time. And until then, stay stylish.